Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. So today we have a topic that is a little bit interesting in so much as it talks about some powerful words that matter in the world of business today. We're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about generations. We're going to talk about culture. We're going to talk about accountability. And we're going to talk about engagement in the workplace. So hold on tight. You're going to enjoy the ride. So leadership trends and generational dynamics significantly shape workplace culture. I mean, we're seeing for the first time in modern history four legitimate generations in the workplace at one time. We have the baby boomers. We have the Gen Xers. We have the millennials, also known as Gen Y. And we have the brand new emerging Gen Zers in the workplace. So how does this impact accountability? How does this impact engagement? I'm seeing a significant shift in the landscape today when it comes to accountability, which is causing a ripple in people's morale because we're not dealing with the poor performers and it's rapidly evolving the business landscape. So if you're a student of business, if you're in a leadership role, if you aspire to be in leadership someday in your career, this podcast could be the catalyst that separates you from the herd, that gets you out of the pile, so to speak. So as leadership practices change and new generations enter the workforce, organizations like yours must navigate each generation's unique characteristics and, sadly, their expectations to foster a positive work environment. This podcast explores the interplay between leadership trends, generational differences, and their impact on culture, accountability, and engagement on the job. Sound awesome? Let's do this. So leadership trends continually evolve to adapt and, I guess, become part of a changing business environment. And even more importantly, changing employee expectations. Yes, every generation may want something different from work. And the traditional hierarchical leadership models are giving way to a more collaborative and inclusive approach. Modern leaders emphasize transparency, open communication, and employee empowerment. One of the most powerful books that I was exposed to recently was called The Great Game of Business. And this book talks about how you share business acumen, share business knowledge so that your employees understand the game that they're playing. And this shift that's going on in the workplace promotes a culture of trust, a culture of innovation, a culture of engagement as employees feel valued and motivated to contribute their best. You see, in my leadership training, I teach leaders how to get to that precious thing called discretionary effort from your employees. We pay, 
We pay for required effort. And if most people don't give you required effort, they get let go. Sometimes we don't even get the required effort to if we're being honest with each other. But most companies pay for required effort. Great leaders get discretionary effort. And what makes this even more complicated is the rise of remote work and the rise of virtual teams, which has prompted leaders to look for and develop new strategies for managing dispersed employees. Most of us now know someone who works remote full time. Ten years ago, that was more of a rarity. Many of us know someone who works in a hybrid environment. And if you think about it, remote leadership requires enhanced communication skills. It requires technology and technology, technological proficiency because it needs to build a sense of connection and engagement across distances. This is something people are still trying to figure out. How do I engage a workforce that I never see in person? How do I engage a workforce that never comes into the office? They exist virtually full time. How do we engage them? I'm working with a leadership team now. They have key leaders in Australia and I'm in Texas. They have key leaders in Australia. They have key leaders in Istanbul, Turkey. They have key leaders in Florida. Yet these teams I'm working with to come up with a better way of creating motivation and engagement to keep these people connected and to truly be led effectively. So let's talk about the different generations. In case you don't know, I want to go back and just refresh. In case you don't know how these are dispersed, we have the baby boomers. And these, I characterize these as those born between 1946 and 1963. The way the baby boom happened was when World War II ended, all those soldiers and sailors and airmen came home and got busy. Babies were born. That's why they call it the baby boom. And baby boomers value loyalty. They're big on a loyal workforce, on a loyal workplace. Baby boomers value hard work, and they have a high degree of respect for authority. They often prefer a hierarchical leadership style and appreciate direct communication and recognition for their contributions. They were the generation that believed in climbing the ladder of success, putting in your dues in order to get promoted. They think differently from other generations. Now, the next generation, Generation X, this is my generation, born between 1964 and 1980. We gave humanity the best music ever known to mankind with our 80s rock bands, our 80s hair bands. We are known for our independence and self-reliance. Gen X employees appreciate leaders who offer autonomy and flexibility. We don't do well with micromanagers. And we value work-life balance and seek opportunities for professional and personal growth. We are also the most skeptical generation because we saw our parents laid off from those so-called lifetime jobs in the late 70s and early 80s. This was when the breakup occurred between the company and the employee. You see, prior to that period, companies, well, they practically married their employers and 
employees practically married the company that they worked for, and they expected to stay there their entire life and be taken well care of, them and their spouse, until the day they die. Well, those liabilities, those pension liabilities during the age of the pension started causing companies to rethink those agreements, those promises, those vows in the late 70s and early 80s. And as Gen Xers, we saw that take place. So we are a much more skeptical generation than the baby boomers. Now let's talk about the millennials. The millennials, I have them pegged as being born from 1981 to 2000. Some people mark those dates as 95 or 96. I tend to go all the way to 2000, 1981 to 2000. And the funny thing about the millennials, 80s millennials hate being compared to 90s millennials. That generation itself has fractured into two mindsets as an entire generation. So who are these millennials? Well, these are the digital natives. They thrive in a technology-driven workplace. If you don't have high tech, you're going to lose their attention very quickly. And they value purposeful work. They want purpose in their work. They want collaboration. And they need tons of feedback. They want to know how they're doing, especially the best performers. They want to know how they're doing. And millennials respond well to leaders who provide mentorship, regular communication, and opportunities for skill development. I love studying the millennials. They are now the dominant generation in the workplace. By 2025, millennials will make up 75% of the workforce. Isn't that crazy? Now, the last generation, Gen Z, Generation Z, Generation Z, these are the newest entrants to the workforce. They were born after 2001. My youngest son is a Gen Z worker, born in 2003, and they are the newest entrants to the workforce. They seek meaningful work and work-life integration. They are adept Oh, excuse me for that sneeze. They are adept at multitasking, value social responsibility, and expect leaders to embrace new technologies. This generation, the new generation, Generation Z, they are the generation that has broken the mold when it comes to education and work. I see a high number of Gen Zers opting out of traditional university or uni, as some of you call it, and going into skilled trades, going into uh, work that gives them more skills because they saw their older counterparts, in many cases, go to college and university with lots of loans. They exit with lots of debt, and they can't find a job that pays much more than someone who never went to college. Unless they went to college for a skill-based program like engineering or nursing or teaching, they're finding a hard time getting the work that pays what they think they're worth. So Gen Z said, we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to seek those high-paying skill jobs that pay us more now and have less debt long-term in order to accomplish what we want to in a professional career. 
And you might be thinking, well, they're going to miss out on a lot if they don't go to university and get a well-rounded education. Well, let me tell you what Gen Z thinks. Gen Z thinks I can get the skill and I can go to work and I can have low debt. I can always go to college online and get a degree anytime I want to while I'm working. So they're breaking the trend. So how does this impact the workplace? Well, leadership trends and generational dynamics influence the culture in many ways. As leaders adapt to these more collaborative approaches, they foster a culture of trust, transparency, and open communication. This activity makes employees feel like they belong. They feel like they're included, and they feel like they can have a say in the innovation that's going on within your company. And by recognizing and appreciating the different generations and their diverse perspectives and contributions, you as a leader can create a culture that values and respects everyone. So what does this mean for leadership? I've just given you the what. Now let's talk about the how. So effective leaders play a vital role in cultivating accountability in the workplace. Modern leadership trends encourage leaders to provide clear expectations, set measurable goals, and promote personal responsibility. You know, one of the things that I have organizations do in order to improve productivity is to set up scoreboards where people can know how they're doing in any moment at any given part of the day. And the funny thing about setting up this accountability system, these scoreboards, the people at the top who are performing rarely, if ever, complain. It's only the people at the bottom who complain. Isn't that astonishing? And by establishing a culture of accountability, leaders inspire workers to take ownership. They own their own work. They own their own outcomes. And these generational dynamics enable leaders to tailor their accountability strategies, just like the scoreboard, to resonate with different generations. For instance, baby boomers may respond well to clear guidelines and structured performance evaluations, while millennials and Gen Z may prefer ongoing feedback and opportunities for self-assessment. I read an article recently that said if you truly want to engage this young workforce, they need some sort of feedback from you three times a week. They need a lot more than previous generations. They want a lot more than previous generations. You have to feed them with information on how they're doing and what you want because that's what they expect. They live in a digital world where everything is instantaneous. If you want to learn something, you Google it. Now, if you want something done for you, you use ChatGPT to create it. They're an instant gratification generation, and they need lots of feedback. So leadership trends and generational dynamics also influence employee engagement. This is the holy grail for most companies. How do we get an engaged workforce when statistics show that more than two-thirds of employees are actively disengaged or disengaged at work? That's right. Only one-third of average employees in today's workforce are engaged, meaning that they're bought in emotionally, spiritually, physically to the work that they're doing. One third. That's catastrophic. I spend most of my time helping organizations improve engagement because engagement is the 
pathway. It's the jet fuel. It's the rocket fuel for everything that you want in your workplace. Employees who have gas, I'm quoting my friend Scott, gas means employees who give a shit. Gas is an acronym. Engagement gives you gas. And by embracing practices that include these generations, leaders can create an environment that encourages participation, collaboration, and innovation. Innovation has change rooted at its core. And recognizing different generations and all their diverse needs and aspirations allows you as the leader to provide tailored developmental opportunities. Most of my training is customized for the clientele that I serve around the world. I do an analysis and then I help develop training that is specific to the needs of each organization. It could be a manufacturing plant in Great Britain or it could be a petrochemical plant in Houston, Texas. They're all cut from the same cloth generationally, but each organization has its own culture. And we also have to create mentorship programs. One of the coolest things that I've seen is the concept of reverse mentorships. This is where you have a young worker who is savvy with today's language and technology mentoring an older employee who may not be quite as hip. They may not have quite the cool factor going on, but they're wanting to learn. Even the language between Generation Z and baby boomers is remarkably split apart. There are words that the young generation uses that the old generation has never even heard. How can they connect if they have different languages? And all of this connection leads to higher engagement. And here's the bonus, higher productivity. I tell organizations I can help you improve productivity by 15% using one method. We can help reduce waste and rework by 30% using another method. And if we truly, truly get excited about people, we can sometimes create what we call talent multipliers. And this is based on Liz Weissman's work in her book, Multipliers. And her calculations are that when you multiply talent, you can get two times the productivity out of an average team. So you think about 200% improvement. You think about 30% improvement. You think about 50% improvement. These are all ways to improve what is coming out of your current team just by being a better leader. And leadership trends and generational dynamics shape your workplace culture. They shape accountability in your organization, and they promote engagement at all levels. And by you adapting your leadership approach to meet the different needs of generations, it creates a positive work environment. That's what we want. We want positivity in the work environment. By embracing other leadership practices, understanding the generational dynamics that we talked about, and staying attuned to evolving trends, you can effectively cultivate a culture of trust, accountability, and engagement. Wow. This culture enhances employee satisfaction and productivity and positions your organization for long-term success in an ever-changing business landscape. I just finished a book that said that because of technology, the world is not changing on a linear uh, line. It's changing exponentially. 
we don't feel it because there's no data to capture that exponential change that's going on in the workplace. But most experts and most people, you know, think that the world is changing linearly, meaning it's a straight line that is predictable based on what's happening now and what's happened in the past. And that's just not the case. We're experiencing a time of exponential change. And this thing that we talk about called culture gives you an advantage when it comes to productivity and it positions your organization for the change that's happening. And as leaders, as you continue to navigate the complex world that has four generations, a multi-generational workforce, you can embrace these insights and adapt your style to contribute to a harmonious and thriving workplace where everyone gets to contribute their best. That's the purpose of this podcast. How do we get to a place where everyone can contribute their best? And if you foster a culture of collaboration, a culture of accountability, and a culture of engagement, you're going to propel your organization towards what I call sustainable growth and harness the power that is going on with the changing leadership that's happening in the workplace. I'm seeing leadership teams get younger and younger and younger. I coach a group of CEOs, and I think the median age of that group of CEOs is 41 to 42. These are CEOs of small to medium-sized companies, and the median age is 41 to 42, with the older being in the 50s and several young CEOs in their 20s. Isn't that remarkable? So here's the thing. I want you to do something if you haven't already done so. I want you to subscribe to this podcast. I want you to get every episode as I drop these into the thoughtmosphere. I want you to share this podcast with people who may need to hear this message. And I want you to go to www.johngrubbs.com. That's www.j-o-h-n-g-r-u-b-b-s.com. If you'll go there about midway down my homepage, on the right side of the page, I will give you a free gift. I will give you one of my leadership books for free just for listening to this podcast. And I do that because you're giving me the most precious gift one human can give another, and that is your time. I will give you a book for your time. This book sells for $20 on Amazon. You can have it for free just for listening to today's episode. Last thing, this podcast is for people who are crazy. Crazy enough to do things differently. Crazy enough to move against the grain of society. Crazy enough to challenge paradigms, to challenge the status quo, to overcome the crippling effect of status quo bias. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. Until next time.